And everybody around me think I'm the one But we all just one of ones And I'm walking out the crib, they ask me where I'm going I told them I'm going on another 10 year run Niggas is banging over blocks that they don't own Thinking that's home, boy, you think that's where you from? You don't really know where you from you don't know how deep that was just like All right, folks, we're back once again Live in Greenwood Bonjour, shalom, what's up? And welcome to episode 103 of How You Living Mikel, what's good? Third trimester of the uh, of the year, 103, class 103. Uh, we make you wait longer now, folks. So you want it more. <laughs> That's how we are, man. Uh, we're keeping we're keeping distant in time as well. We're socially distancing our timeline uh, with these uh, monthly episodes. But we are back live once again. Me here in the Just Paid Rent Studios in Greenwood, North. Seattle and our boy Chaz the man atop the Chaz Tower in count it up. Is it Dogecoin? No, it's the million dollar studios. Dogecoin one dollar. Yeah. <laughs> plus <coughs> this show that's been on the air now for four plus years, 103 episodes, always starts with a simple question between me and my friend Chaz. And that question is Chaz, how you living? You know, I'm doing pretty well, all things considered. Like, um, like I know, I know, I don't know how long it, it was last year because I've been almost in my apartment for a year now. And one of the things I wanted to do was something with my balcony, but I wasn't really enthused to do anything with it until, like, you know, the vaccines come. So now that we're like in the vaccine groove, like I'm still having issues finding one, but right. you know, I'm on the hunt, of course. And then once that's all good, I'm hoping to be vaccinated up for summertime. And then I'm just all my other fellow vaccinated folks. Well, to a max of 10 people, because, you know, I'm still following yeah. guidelines. I'm not trying to go ham. It's not like following motherfuckers. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And one half of your How You Live In podcast is fully vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vaxxer like Chaz here. Uh, <laughs> I'm not anti-vax. Hold up. I got mine first in line back in December because I'm a healthcare worker. <laughs> late December. Stick the needle in my arm. Chaz talking about, you know, he's 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 part of that January 6th crowd, I think. I don't know. I wasn't with him on January 6th. You don't know where he was. <laughs> Man, I was shaking in my boots on January 6th. No, but, uh, <laughs> but, but we're here live for How You Living. And uh, this show uh, is, you know, it covers a bunch of topics. It covers a bunch of time. And uh, we like to look back once in a while to start off the shows. And in that segment, we named it Callbacks. Callbacks. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think we, we got to do the callback that everybody wants to hear about because, you know, uh, Chauvin got guilty on all three charges. Right? All three charges. And, and I got to admit, yeah. at, towards the end, like the vibe, because they like mm -hmm. held out for a couple days, I was worried. I was worried. I didn't think it was going to go this way, man. At the end, I was, I was getting worried. This ju these juries get kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But for once, a a cop has been held accountable. Right. You know, he's going to appeal. We're going to have to go through all that again. But uh, for right now, oh. charged guilty as charged, mm -hmm. and including one of the counts has the word murder in it, not just manslaughter. You know, this is this is an actual murder trial that has landed a. Uh, police currently in jail so yeah um, this is definitely an interesting callback because like this is minnesota <clears throat> and as we talked about on a previous episode minnesota is one of the few states that has a third degree murder charge um right and he got taken down on second degree murder 
third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Right. And right. and the cool thing about that too is like like this is a whole this is like a how you live in like conglomerate callback. Cause you have your boy Keith Ellison, who is the attorney general, who we talked about way back in the beginning days when we were talking about, you know, Keith Ellison versus the other dude for the DNC whose name is escaping me right now. And right. Keith Ellison didn't get it, but because he didn't get it, he we was able to become AG of Minnesota. And because he was the AG, he's like, you know what? We're going to be able to put down um, this charge, this charge, and this charge. Because back in, I think, in the 60s, maybe episode 62, when you start talking about policing and everything like that and why some cops don't actually get charged for things, sometimes right. we talked about the fact that they don't get rightfully charged or they get overcharged. And, un- and when you get overcharged, beyond a reasonable doubt is a no. Right, but when you no, get right. charged, and they get, yeah, yeah, and the and the jury finds reason to be like, oh, this is this whole situation's too harsh for what we're seeing, yeah, and those and the ends up acquittals, yeah, right, because that's what happened with Trayvon Martin. That's what arguably had happened with um not Trayvon Martin um George Zimmerman. Um, that's what happened with um Officer Jimenez who shot Philando Castile, who was also like, and that's what to me is the big point there because you know. Officer Jimenez, like he got paid, like he got paid off. Not paid off. That's that sounds. But like he he didn't like he got let go from his job, but then he got some money, like in pension for it, right? And and then they didn't like they didn't do third degree murder for him. I don't believe, or maybe he did. I have to. I don't remember, but I remember he got acquitted from shooting Philando Castile, which makes it in, um, interesting for this and, one. And- and that was Minnesota as well, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, and I think the reason there is because, like, he was like, I think they used that he was in a fear of his life, um, sort of thing, and that was to use like the qualified immunity and justified the shooting in that instance. And here, like, you know, the ball just like laid on the dude's neck for like nine minutes and shit. Like back when yeah. it first came out, when we were talking about Dave Chappelle and he did his skit, and, and it was like eight minutes, uh, forty-seven seconds. But yeah. then, like, as the trial came out, he found out that it was longer. Um, and I also like the things that I wonder about this is like Derek Chauvin um, is definitely not a um, he's not a cop anymore like he was. And usually like when you have like a D.A. of a town um, they're they're going to make sure like because one of the techniques D.A.s like to do is they will they will um, undercharge or they will not bring up enough evidence against police officers um, in yeah. order to make sure that their cases will get thrown out during grand jury. Because, like, the prosecution, like, has a lot of control over that stuff. So the fact that, like, Keith Ellison had to come down and be the AG had to be the one on top of the DA. Like, the DA couldn't do shit. The DA had to go with that case. So that's, so so I guess what that says now is, like, we need more DAs. um, Because you sent me something that I I bet we're going to talk about later. um, And and then we also need more AGs that are going to think progressively about, um you know, criminal justice reform and everything like that. Cause yeah. And, and, and also, you know, listen, if, if this can also be a signal to all the, you know, current men in blue as they, they like to, you know, remind us they wear blue and women and in blue. Have lives and non-binary people in blue. <laughs> and yeah, the, the men in white yeah, people in non-binary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all, all, all those in blue. Uh, if this is a moment that helps them understand the kind of gravity of the situation and the techniques and strategies they can use to avoid themselves getting caught in this same kind of power cycle trap that we've been in, this uh, discriminatory trap, 
and and it actually improves policing as is just just based on on kind of seeing where this can lead i i hope it i hope it does that to some degree you know um Mm -hmm. you know i don't want to see a lot more of these trials because i don't want to see a lot more of these cases where it's a lot of unarmed people uh getting killed by law enforcement so Hopefully, though, it, it, it sparks some change. But you're right, obviously, on the legal side, on the side of of how charges are drawn up, we're going to see some evidence of this throughout different states and different counties going forward and and how they can kind of frame the the cases that necessary in order to get fair trials that can actually lead to uh, guilty verdicts. So we'll see. I mean. How how long did we have to wait for another Minnesota-based um, shooting, though? You know, I mean, we're already, you know, in kind of past callback because we haven't brought this up before. We have the mm-hmm. Dante Wright situation. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that was like Brooklyn Center, um, which I believe is like a suburb of um, Minnesota. Minneapolis. Minneapolis, that's right. Minnesota's the yeah. state. A suburb of Minnesota. You mean yeah. Winnipeg, Chaz? but uh yeah and so um you know there's another case right there that we're 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 gonna i mean what are we gonna see happen there you Mm -hmm. know same state some a different situation yeah Um, that that's gonna be an interesting one to prosecute if they do because like the whole i made a mistake it sounds a lot like um um ahmaud albury um when she's like i was in the wrong house and i thought someone broke in so i shot him like that whole John, like it seems similar yeah. to that. Was that a Mod Aubrey? Uh, Mod Aubrey was oh, the no. jogger. Oh, sh- oh my God. I can't. I can't. There's this mini, man. Uh, this see, mini. this is how fucked up it is, right? Like, like there's so, there's too many, right? One has been too many. But the fact that, like, there's people out there who, um, who just constantly say, like, this is not people, things you need to worry about or something like that. It, it's, it's crazy. Uh, let me see. Yeah, let me yeah. let me get that right because I'm I'm sitting here and I'm just like I need to hand in my black card from that one. I'm like, damn, I'm getting people's names mixed up and like. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting how they was handle. It, yeah, was she was it a Dallas? Wasn't that in Dallas? Mm-hmm. That one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're um we're watching you know uh, a state that's now gonna you know have this trial as something that is uh in its history and now we're gonna look you know, towards this next kind of case and see how, if any of the uh, way prosecution works is influenced. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a uh, Botham Jean, yep. John uh, mm-hmm. and um, officer Amber Yeager mm-hmm. is the one that shot him. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. And I mean, they're always, I mean, listen, part of the reason we do this callback segment isn't just because, it's because these news stories stay in the news. Like, mm-hmm. like, like the reason this segment exists is because uh, these things, if we looked at them as problems, could be solved in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, we but we have to keep bringing up certain topics. You know, uh, gun control and the violence that guns cause. Uh, you know, racial sh- related shootings and you know mismanagement of authority and force. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 yet we move on, you know, for, for us four and a half years later, and and these topics are still here, and and that's kind of part of what callback signals is. Hey, we're still not addressing the problems from yesterday, and you know, we're we're already up to here. So mm-hmm. 
right? Hopefully, hopefully this is a, a, a bit of a flashpoint that kind of causes some uh, some minds to change and some action to occur. You know? Yeah. Um, for our next episode, I have to look in because there is that um, George Floyd Memorial Bill um, that Al Sharpton brought up that is going to end the qualified immunity um, and, in policing because that seems to be one of the biggest hurdles um, and that prosecuting cops doing wrong things go with. But then there's also right. like even just from the prosecution end of things, because like I see memes on Facebook all the time talking about like if doctors have malpractice insurance, like why don't cops have insurance like to help dictate what some of their actions are or maybe like the money that is paid for people for wrongful death or aggravated assault or anything in between should come out of their pension instead of, you know, um, taxpayer instead of taxpayer money. So. I do feel like like there's something because it just seems like in a lot of places, especially in places where there's the whole triangle of like the um, the prison. uh, What is it? The prison industrial complex and then how, you know, the law system and the police um, actually get on that. Because I think I was watching um, one of those roundtable debate discussions. And I remember this one dude who was a former cop was talking to one cop where he was like, I love this corner because I can get everybody on things like, you know, like I can get people on weed. I can get on expired tags. Right. And then like, I'm always like, cause I'm always trying to think of things like at their base level that it's just this whole system of like what you make illegal. And especially when like you have the 13th amendment and that has been like, and then you have conservative legislatures and conservative legislatures. Like when you wield the power of like the pen, you can make anything lawful like or unlawful. And we talked about this right. before, and that's what the system is. It's like, yo, let's make this thing unlawful, right? In real talk, this unlawful thing mostly affects, like, poor people, and adjacent to that can be black people, right? And so we won't explicitly say we're doing this to black people, but then when we make this thing illegal, that disproportionately affects them, so then we can, and then we disproportionately police them on those things that we deemed illegal, and then we put them in jail, so they can end up working for someone else as cheap labor so they can sell shit to us at a profit like that the system is fucked up right like yeah. so yeah yeah they got to they got to kind of tear that all down tear it mm-hmm. all apart cuz there's there's a lot of pieces in motion there and a lot of kind of backdoor deals that are causing it to happen and some states are definitely worse players in it than others mm-hmm. but policing in America is a you know 50 state and territories problem mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, but definitely reform is going to look different in Louisiana, where basically like they're robber barons that definitely use their their privatized and public systems for immense profit. Like like the fact that down there we talked about this before, where like prisoners work in the state houses, like yeah. like and then they still have like they still kind of have that like slave um mentality down there with people who are in jail but the 13th amendment said you can be a slave if you break the law well you can make anything unlawful so fucking me so right so like yeah i yeah. mean like so this is this is an asterisk like and and i definitely appreciate that everything fell in place for this asterisk to happen now i think what we can learn from this is like because we're a show about political action and we know, like, now it's, like, time to go out there, like, where? Because, you know, we got um, <clears throat> we got elections happening this year, probably on a local level in a lot of places. We got the midterms happening in 2022. 
Um, yeah. And then also just like looking at a lot of your local jurisdictions and like, you know. Mm. Yeah, if you got counties, you're going to be electing sheriffs. Mm-hmm. So those those people are going to be in charge of some of the law enforcement in your area. Mm-hmm. Like we've been saying before, on a localist level, they have things called public safety meetings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those discuss policing and police tactics. And they're all often um, certain like uh, certain high up level officers are present for those at times to voice their opinion and kind of direct the meeting in a way. Uh, and so, you know, letting letting your voice be heard or at least being present and hearing how your community is is adjusting um, is important. And of course, you know, uh, being being aware of how police manage in your neighborhood and knowing that there is a phone number for every police precinct in America, that you can call and you can complain if you're seeing treatment in a certain way in your area and and you have specific information or or a style of policing that's going on in your neighborhood you can you can make complaints and you can also vote in people who serve for your community in ways that would also reflect those values that you're seeing either being um, portrayed in a good way or going against your values Uh, elect the leaders that are going to have that voice similar to yours and if you need to help influence someone in your community who's got the level of community support that you think they could serve, they could get elected, and they kind of have similar values and they're willing to work towards the same goals, help push them to get elected. Run for city council, run for school board, school board to the president. Every elected official matters to some degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and it's all, it's all part of a, a same system. And like you said, Chaz, at the very beginning, this, this case itself, is like 50% of all how you live in episodes mm-hmm. rolled into one. You know, it <clears throat> it has gun violence, it has police, it has racial issues, it has, you know, it has a lot. It has the pretense of the arrest. Mm-hmm. Um and uh you know, it's only missing Donald Trump. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, like that's, that's the other half of our right. show. You know, if Donald Trump was there, mm-hmm. it would be like a hundred percent of of all how you live in. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, you know, rest in peace, George Floyd, and you know, to his surviving family. You know, we're so sorry for your loss, and uh, obviously, putting a man in prison doesn't change uh, losing a, a father and a son and a and a brother. Um, but uh, hopefully, you feel some of the. Um, joy that's that justice was served in this event and that his he, he didn't die in vain and he is remembered and that uh you know someone is going to be sitting in a jail cell hopefully you know uh barring some weird successful appeal and have to think about those nine minutes that he mm-hmm. conducted in ending your family member's life uh for whatever amount of time period we managed to get him sentenced so um hopefully there's some solace in knowing his life is now affected negatively because of how he chose to act that day. So Mm -hmm. uh, with that solemn remarkage, that's we're through our callbacks. We might talk about that issue further on. I mean, there's a lot going on. The George Floyd case definitely held a lot of sway in the last couple of weeks. It's been a month since we've been on the air. 103 Chaz, what's a, what's a main topic you want to start with? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. There is so much out there. Like, you know what? I've been listening to a lot of stuff because today is Earth Day. That right. we're recording. I know. Yeah. Right. And it, usually it feels 
What's that? I feel like it's marked. It's marked more marketed normally, right? Like we, I mm-hmm. feel like this is brought up more. Yeah. And I had to just like click on a Wikipedia article and be like, "Is it Earth Day today?" And it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the podcasts I've been listening to have been doing Earth Week, <clears throat> and they've been going over like uh, today explained. They did some things about like how we're gonna eat in the future, and they were making a joke that we're gonna have a lot of squid because squid. Um, for the warming of a like, because a lot of things that we like to eat now, like shrimp and other seafood, are cold water um, uh, creatures. And but <clears throat> squids are able. Well, cephalopods like squids and jellyfish. It's actually jellyfish that they were talking about more so can adapt to those things a lot easier. So like, if as like if we continue on a path of hyperwarming, right? You know, we hear a lot of like the smaller degrees of increases. But any like from one degree Celsius, two degrees Celsius. I think we were on track for like four degrees Celsius for a little a while back, but now we're on the verge for two degrees Celsius. But that could still spark like a billion um, climate uh, refugees coming into areas, right? And then if America is already popping off on this bullshit about immigration, and then like you know people from <clears throat> warmer areas that are becoming flooded, both like. Um, both like international refugees but also like national refugees too like what places are people going to be like i don't want to live near the golf anymore because we get so many fucking hurricanes right like how many people aren't going to want to live like where there's a lot of wetlands and stuff because their thunderstorms are just out of control and then how viable is las vegas in 50 years right all our water that distance to get there you Mm -hmm. know you're in the desert so yeah and then how yeah. many of those people are going to move to other places? How many of those places aren't going to have enough housing in order to support them? And then how much massive gentrification will happen there, pushing people out who could afford it there? Like it, it like like we we got to think about something now. And I don't I don't feel very confident in the conservatives to do anything about it because they they're really just like they always want to go on about the what is it fossil fuels and you know like it's always have to be about well. Well, it, it's like it, it's typical. I guess that's an overgeneralization of conservatism. But like when it comes to like, hey, let's do these things. Like it's always like, well, we got to have jobs, right? And our jobs yeah. are things that lead to the acceleration of um the warming of the planet. Will lead to further issues down the line, <clears throat> right? Now, as a person who's been behind on work before, that's just not fun, right? And trying to catch up when you're behind, it doesn't work, right? You like it just doesn't. Like it's better to be proactive now as we can be because we definitely haven't been proactive because there was and there's been large attempts of propaganda to say oh it's not a big deal when motherfuckers knew so it's like like right now and, and if it's jobs everyone cares about Joe Biden Green New Deal we keep talking about it on the show every once in a while and other people keep yeah. talking about it right there are jobs like millions of jobs that will come from building up infrastructure right um making sure like new cars like changing over the electric grids to things that are more clean um and there's a i've been hearing interesting debates now because nuclear always comes up because nuclear is clean energy but also like the fallout of it like literally and figuratively uh can be dangerous i did a a (laughs) lot of uh like kind of like amateur research on molten salt reactors for like a minute there, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which are a type of nuclear reactor that are supposed to have built in kind of fail safe. They're, they're, they're a little more technical than the kind of 
um, you know, heating water with the rods and the whole thing. But it's got one of these um, kind of like ancillary systems where if any time the reactor is seeming like it's going to go too far, you can purge the whole system. And because it's like salt based, it can be um, neutralized in oh. certain water solution. Yeah. And so it actually is it's it's really complicated to build but it has a really efficient production and it has this whole safety thing and there's a bunch of like i mean it's got kind of a conspiracy theory side to it where these mm -hmm. kind of youtubers for the last like 15 years have been um heralding it and calling it you know like it's a cover-up that it's being pushed down in technology um it's only been made like in very small kind of uh amateur through like uh, nuclear programs at certain universities uh, at any point has one been built. That's kind mm. of the size that it's been built. But uh, I guess uh, China is looking to build some of these. So uh, we should be seeing some of them come online uh, sometime or have, or they're recently gone online and we can get kind of a better idea of how they work. Um, potentially it could be a more, a uh, convincible nuclear option for people that are scared of the traditional mm -hmm. uh, nuclear. Yeah. But you're right. It is by all means, uh, a stave for a meltdown, uh, a clean energy. Yeah. Like there was, um, uh, so is it the New York times, I believe, uh, or it, yeah, it's the New York times has a podcast called the argument and they just got a new host and the show got way better. Uh, since they got a new host and they did their last argument was like when it comes to talking about clean energy, um, uh, nuclear versus no nuclear. And, and it's a really good listen. If you want, like, it, it's got me thinking like, cause I was like, for me, I always landed at if we could be equally as effective with things like geothermic, um, solar and wind, with some hydroelectric, hydroelectric is damaging the ecosystems. That's why I don't want to bend that way either. Even though I live in a place where a lot of our energy does come from hydroelectric dams. So, you know, <clears throat> and our in energy is pretty cheap because of it, too. Um, right. And our other ones is nuclear, I believe, too. Um, so, like, Washington is doing all right when it comes to that. Um and also, um, back home in Philadelphia, um, we have a nuclear uh, power station that we visited once when I was a kid, right? And, and kind of like with that in The Simpsons, I felt like nuclear energy in my brain had its heyday. I don't want to, in, in kind of like the 90s, like we were, early, even though... Late 80s, yeah, mm -hmm. early 90s, yeah. Right, or well, late... Oh, go for it. Well, yeah, I mean, we had the, the, the Chernobyl and the Three Mile Island were the two mm -hmm. kind of situations that really marked the kind of death of the the love affair with nuclear um but yeah you're right no and i mean here they're iconic here in in washington because of hanford you know it was a nuclear power plant slash you know part of the manhattan project mm. it was tied to the plutonium uh production for the original atomic bombs uh over there in eastern washington so we've always that's been our kind of tie to to nuclear in the northwest um but yeah and uh as far as just kind of an update from you know basic wikipedia stuff uh china's supposed to open one of these lifter based salt reactors 
in Gansu province sometime this year. It got delayed 2020, probably COVID. But mm-hmm. they've got two other ones targeted for 2024 and 2035. Oh, so okay. um, multiple other countries have kind of uh, projects in the works for this type of reactor. Um, so we might start to see it as more of a viable commercial option. Um, I think one of the original theorists behind it won the Nobel Prize, actually. Um, nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, so yeah, uh, wave, you know, energy gathering, uh, wind, we got solar. Obviously, improvements on solar and its ability to collect, um, if anyone can kind of come up with technologies that enhance the the collection and storage capability and and ability to transfer distances uh solar could be you know improved Mm -hmm. um that would be a good one it's kind of the easiest to attain right now as far as clean energy Mm -hmm. so the interesting thing i want to hear from solar is i think one of i remember when i watched this uh, video on the great courses plus and it basically said that you know the power grid doesn't care about how you make your energy um it's just, uh, you know, you just put it on the grid and you're good to go. And, of course, over time, <clears throat> back when we were talking, when um, 45 was in office picking winners and losers, Obama did the whole thing with solar energy. But after listening to that argument episode, solar energy and price has come down a lot. And also, even though, like, <clears throat> I think uh, China does have, like, a solar farm that they did, like, um, a panda bear, which is cool. And I think a lot of people think of solar um, energy needing a lot of space in order to get it. And it also has a lot of, like, a bit of inefficiency. Um, that being um, in the argument episode, if I remember correctly, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but, like, out of a whole year, so 365 days, a, a nuclear power plant can have 100% output energy for 338 of those days. And typically solar can only have them for, like, 150 of those days. Um, right. So, like, that was that's, like, another notch there. But the one thing I do think about, like, the distance thing is that, like, solar can go on top of people's houses. And what I wonder is, like, and not not see it as, like, you're generating energy for your own personal usage. But if you just have, like, all the rows of houses that we have up here, because, like, a lot of, like, Seattle has suburbia parts, basically. And if all of those individuals are like, we're going to put up these amount of um, solar panels. And then all of these solar panels go to, like, one particular spot. And then we're able to all draw that energy in. And then also, like, there is the thing about batteries, too, and storing that energy and being able to have that energy when you can't put have the 100% output energy um, from right. solar, especially here in Seattle, where it doesn't, it only gets sunny, sunny for, like, three months out of the year. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do think of solutions like that. Like, solar is interesting in the fact that, especially in the sunny areas, that you don't need to like have a, just a whole space that goes, oh yeah, this is our solar farm, and then we're gonna port it out to everyone. Like you can mix in your solar farm with the community that lives in it, and either yeah. use it to augment energy, um, or maybe even fully um, supply it if that's the case. And then like also like if you do it through like a co-op or something, then that means that. Um, and it can be publicly owned and, and then instead of having to pay the, um, pay for electricity, they get electrical dividends because we saw what happened in Texas with their whole thing and being on their own grid, which I actually thought was kind of cool at first when I first heard about that. Not, and I knew about that a little bit before after their whole, uh, 
winter storm issue thing. But I remember yeah. hearing about that. I was like, oh, yeah, y'all really trying to be your own country, right? <laughs> and and no, then, yeah, and it, there is something smart, but like it's like two things. One, they would have to have developed um very good fail safe systems so that uh-huh. they could be self reliant if they're going to be self reliant, or two, have like negotiated emergency um capability grids with other states where you know there's like a some type of economic trade off where you're like, hey, if like something really crazy happens, you guys will throw the switch and help us out. Uh-huh. Um, so one of those two things by just relying on themselves and being bold and not really having uh, the most up to date system, especially in the sense of like relays and uh, and being able to to throw on like backups ancillary systems. They didn't have in, in many of those communities. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's all it's all regulatory stuff. You know, they don't they really tamper down their regulations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you end up with like Houston, which is this really spread out city because there's no building restrictions. You just build where there's land. Mm-hmm. So people just keep building further and further. So, you know, it's similar in their power. They just kind of build it when they get a chance. And if it fills the need at the moment, cool. And then, oh, we need more now. OK, we'll build it. <laughs> it's like they don't think as much about you know ancillary and backups and 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 tying in with your neighbors and you know washington we're you know we're uh uh energy positive in the sense that we Mm -hmm. produce more energy than we use Mm -hmm. and we've actually in the last like 10 years started exporting power to different states including california um and i think oregon's in a similar situation so just kind of due to the efficiencies of the hydroelectric system, which has very many drawbacks, a lot that weren't analyzed when, you know, they were making these giant construction projects and changing these habitats on these rivers and mm-hmm. um, wetlands and all these kind of things. So, you know, there's yeah. no there's no free lunch, you know. Right. Like I was definitely a uh, hydroelectric stand before I knew the ecological ecological effects of it all and i'm just like now i'm like oh. yeah <laughs> so. i know it's, it's it's sad to know that uh that even like the thing that seems the cleanest and and we have the most abundantly and uh it doesn't have meltdown capabilities it has this huge drawback you know mm-hmm. i mean <clears throat> the effect of uh not having salmon runs is is in the northwest here is huge you know yeah <clears throat> yeah now that i think of it it seems like all forms of creating electricity have some sort of drawback right, right. and and i yeah. think and and i do think that like that some people would use that like well if they all have drawbacks then why can't we keep just using coal and natural gas and blah 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 <laughs> right like like it is all like of course there's always nuance to the drawbacks Right. And then they also like and I also what I need to do just like from an intellectual standpoint, because I don't have a good comparison for this, because usually what I'll hear as an argument against renewables is definitely the lithium um, that needs to be mined. And that's happening over in Africa and the horrible working conditions uh, that are tantamount to slavery that happens for us to get like the precious metals that we need to build all the motherfucking electronic shit that we have. Should we talk right. about right? And then things yeah. that we use in everyday life. Right. So and that is an interesting comparison, right? And but I do like like but I feel as though the answer to that is uh, how do we 
ethically mine for those goods. And right now we do it unethically because it's capitalism and capitalism knows, oh, that's cheap labor, right? It can only be at the certain prices that we have it now because there's cheap labor all across the planet, especially at the beginning of the supply chain that allows for, you know, that person to be not paid at all or paid scraps. And it goes to the next person who's paid a little bit more than them, but still scraps based on something else. And then, yeah, and then it gets buy sold. Free to trade us. ethical coffee and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, you, or chocolate. You see the price increase. You know, mm-hmm. you're paying three dollars a chocolate bar, and you got Snickers over there at ninety nine cents, different type of chocolate, but it's got that you know fair free trade logo where they're saying like you know families and farmers get a proceed of this, and and it and it helps develop their lives and mm-hmm. communities, and you know then they start talking more about you know this many number of kids now go to school because of these programs. You know, if you carried that through and mm-hmm. included it in electronics and the uh, ma- mining and manufacturing that led to those electronics, if you did the same fair trade, mm-hmm. let's just say the new Mac that came out wouldn't be twelve hundred dollars. It oh, would be no. nine thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And then that brings up the question about it, the accessibility of technology. Because the supply chain promotes, you know, slave labor, right? And that's why people aren't down with capitalism, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, and and you know, it's all it's all because the machine has to keep running. It's mm-hmm. not like we're producing the number of electronics we need because so many electronics go to waste. Mm-hmm. You know, we're producing enough electronics that these electronic companies can continue to sell and make billions and billions and billions of dollars, regardless of the necessity mm-hmm. of the items. And, um, you know, and it becomes an ecological problem, again, both from the mining itself, extraction, and then when the product gets wasted and can't fully be recycled, uh, you end up with an ecological trash and you get Greta Thornburg all pissed off. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, it, uh, yeah. It definitely has me asking the question in capitalism, how is it that working is essential, but the things that we produce are not essential. Like, like most yeah. jobs are not essential. Like, I mean, like, of course, like if you're in the food supply chain, right? Like you, you're somewhat essential, of course, but like if like the McDonald's food supply chain, like, I mean, we could probably live without McDonald's, right? McDonald's isn't essential, but right. you know, I mean, other than the fact of food deserts where literally mm-hmm. McDonald's is like the best option that's you know that's yeah. going to a different problem yeah you know, of course that's yeah. you know and then like what happened because remember when mcdonald's had salads right <laughs> like what happened to a mcdonald's salad like wendy still got salad like <laughs> i know oh, or there was there was that moment in time where their salads had more calories than the than the meals oh but, yeah uh, that's right but that's yeah. good calories because calories just energy fam so you know <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um i wonder like i guess let's see for an interruption topic uh you know let's just interrupt with uh, a little discussion of a show i haven't seen yet but you guys should be aware of it and uh set the table a little bit our man from philly chaz the man there's a new show on pbs and you know i love my pbs mm-hmm. i keep up on those front lines i gotta watch the insurrection front line that's came out this week oh i gotta um, watch that too then yeah, I always Gotta forget about those. Love my American experience. Uh, there's one on Frank Al Baum right now, and like the kind of impact of mm. Wizard of Oz. But 
a new series called Philly DA just came out. And before I let you set the table, since I don't have very much, my kind of basic idea of it is a gentleman got elected in Philadelphia to be the district attorney. And he is of a more left-leaning persuasion than we've seen in this position, uh, or at least for a city to the extent of Philly, especially to an extent that has both um, racial diversity and policing issues that go back, you know, decades, if not a century. And this guy is looking at these techniques. He's looking at how people are being arrested. He's looking at the amount of time that they're given. And he's looking at people who have already been given time and whether or not the time served or time serving is worth the crime that they have committed or if it seems like it's it's punishment too far. Uh, with that, uh, Chaz, man, what's up with this show? And what did you think of it? So I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, so it's about Larry Krasner, who I think got elected back in 2018 to be the DA of Philadelphia. And one of the interesting things they pointed out is a lot of the DAs of Philadelphia were Republicans. And actually, funny enough, one of the DAs who became our mayor mayor later, Ed Rendell, which I don't know if Larry Krasner is trying to do that. He's like and it, about to be 60, and he says he... He doesn't want to do any more after this, so maybe, maybe not. But it's very interesting to see because it feels very... It played out like a a cop TV show in in a sense where it was kind of like the fraternal order of police do not like you. It's all like, yeah, when you get in the office, you're going to see how it goes down, son. (laughs) It felt felt very interesting in that way. But what I I find interesting is because... He's definitely trying to be progressive from what they've seen and going straight out. Like, first thing he wanted to do was end cash bail. Um, and then, like, he can't actually end that, so he had to make a suggestion or something. Um, and he started um, adding a lot of diverse people to his staff. He did a big thing of just firing, like, career um, ADAs. Um, and, like, wow. people were pissed off of that. Like, I mean, yeah, l- like, if you're going to be, like, if you're reforming, you're reforming. So yeah, like, like, I mean, I don't see the interesting thing is I don't know where, where else those people are going to go for jobs. Like maybe it'll have to be like an ADA in another city or maybe like legal consoles, like, Mm -hmm. like, like they can, they can work directly with law enforcement for, especially now that we're looking at like techniques and things Mm -hmm. and like what the law can, can attribute to those techniques. There's probably some legal counsel in every, you know, major police district, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I, they can write books about, you know, their legal impression of things. I, I, I ain't worried about no ADA. <laughs> yeah, all right. Except all right. For Americans I, with Disabilities Act. All right. I, I ain't worried about no ADA. <laughs> yeah. That, so, so I feel like they're really gearing it up to be what I think a lot of policing is like. So b- basically, I feel like a Larry Krasner wants to be a little bit more compassionate with um. Not not policing on his part, but um, prosecuting, um, right? And like like what type of cases do they prosecute? Like they're trying to get like, like they were talking about in the episode of like how when there's um a John and a sex worker that the sex worker usually gets the bulk of the um the penalty the and not the John right. right? And then just kind of like. Kind of basically what they're saying for them, I guess, is like, what moratorium of things are we just not going to prosecute and then tell our police officers not like to go in and bring like they're saying weed 
Uh, I forget some other things. But basically, I feel like it's going to boil down to... Because I feel like in Philadelphia, there is a group of people, and then I think America at large, who believe our justice system is retributive justice, right? Like, you do a bad thing, you do your time, and then fuck you for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> so, right. Um, and I feel like Larry Krasner is like, no, right? I mean, usually this is where someone says, look at the Nordic model, right? Because the Nordic model is about rehabilitation um, right. instead of retribution, so, and, and I don't know how, like, I guess we just need more minds out there to talk more about, like, asking people, what leads you to believe that retributive justice is going to be the most effective thing to help that person not do that thing again when recidivism is so high? Um, right, exactly. And also, like, what makes you believe that that is the best thing for us to do in society with people? Right. And then like and and I want to do that with like the average person because I don't want to do that with some like big wig capitalist person. Like they they know what I just said is the ideal, but they know, no, we make the laws, bad things for the bad people. We police them. They become a resource for us. And that's why recidivism is so bad, because like we don't want them like, you know, going out there and actually being full citizens like Oh, yeah. you want to give them votes again? What's wrong with you? Retributive justice means that you are fucked for the rest of your life, right? Like, that's how people treat it. And, and and they know, like, that cycle, like, prison, like, the prison pipeline, or, like, even, like, the prison the school pipeline, how that goes in with the policing, right? Like, we, it, it's, it's an interesting bookend to talk about this at the beginning of this episode and at yeah. the end, but that, that's what Larry Krasner is there to reform, Right, that culture of like you got to do retribution, right? And because like it's only one episode out right now, I believe. If another one came out, because I don't know what schedule it's on. Hopefully, it's right, Wednesdays because I need a Wednesday. Like the real world road rule challenge is done, <laughs> so like I need something else. This is the spectrum we got with Chaz, guys. You can't pigeonhole this man. He will quiz you on Pokemon. He will ask you your favorite challenge episode, or if it's real world or road rules prior. And then and then he will come at you with Philly DA knowledge, guys. You can't pin this man down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't want to interrupt your challenge. You don't have to catch it day of, man. You can you can get it on uh, PBS on demand, guys, which is available in all of your communities at pbs.org. Thanks to viewers like you. Uh, so. Yeah, watch your challenge, man. Don't miss your challenge. Mm. No, you can't miss that. You'll be around the water cooler, and they'll tell you Rachel won, and you'll be like, I didn't even watch the episode. No, yet. no, the finale happened. And, and so, I mean, I still got the challenge All-Stars, but technically that happens on Thursday. That means I have to watch it at 12 a.m. Thursday, which still feels like Wednesday, but anyway. Wow, okay. <laughs> It's like uh, it's it's like the Mandalorian that way. It's coming out at twelve oh one, huh? Yep, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like Falcon and Winter Soldier tonight, y'all. Episode <laughs> six finale. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> Talking about well, this, Larry was, the, this was the interruption. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we talked about some heady shit. All right. Unusual <laughs> for our interruption. But yeah, go check out that watch, guys. And also, what you the takeaway is is uh, how can prosecution prosecutors and policing and all the kind of situation in your area get reform one of the ways is 
you get a change agent in an office and you know, he's not going to get everything he wants through. Mm -hmm. We're going to see some of the red tape, some of the bureaucracy. We're also going to see some of the functions of government. Some of this slowdown technique is built in so that you don't get one person in there with other ideas that might make it worse and be able to just pass everything right away. Mm -hmm. So you kind of see democracy in action and um, you know, these kind of changes can, can maybe mitigate, going all the way back to the beginning situations like George Floyd, you know, if, 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 you know, that had been prosecuted in a way where whether or not he passed this $20 counterfeit bill or was currently under an influence of a substance, those things could be dealt with on a rehabilitative side and he didn't have to lose his life for either. Um, but yeah, watch that show and, uh, keep up on uh, challenge, uh, all stars. It's going to be on Thursdays. On MTV Two, no, I don't know. It's on Paramount Plus. <laughs> Paramount. Oh, you got that? Okay, yeah. Man, I got Paramount Plus for um, <laughs> Star Trek, and then I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna watch this one thing and then get rid of it." <sighs> so yeah. lazy. This pandemic. Before we move on to the final <laughs> segment, uh, have did you? Speaking of, you watch the Star Trek? Did you watch the Picard show that they did on CBS All Access last year? Oh no, but it is okay. like like PV so Paramount Plus was CBS All Access. So oh. I watched episode one of it. And then okay. actually I I'm, it might be blasphemy. I was kind of bored. Like it, well, the, episode <laughs> one not even in a spaceship, so like come on. Yeah, gotta, I know. I know. You gotta go to a spaceship and uh and see if you like it. it it's different. I mean it's like uh yeah. Like it's, Star it, It's next generation light, okay? Well, what Star Trek Discovery like hooked me. Like I watched it and I was like, I need to see more of this. <laughs> like, and then I watched Picard. And I'm just like, I might watch it when I got the time. Like, <laughs> like so. We'll see, guys. <laughs> like I wasn't enamored by it. I wasn't like, oh, what's next, right? I, I mean, yeah. So like, you weren't engaged. Yeah, right. They didn't beat me up, Scotty. They didn't beat me up. His thing is engage. He says engage. Make, <laughs> I know. Make it so. <laughs> uh, with that, uh, you have another segment left. It's Chaz. What are your final thoughts? Make it so. <laughs> no, just like the Larry. Like just it'll be interesting to watch the Larry Krasner thing just to see how much um, the battle of retributive justice. Because um, in the preview of the episode that they um, are going to next. And they were basically like wondering, like, are you going to prosecute? Right. And then like, it's kind of like, well, I, I mean, I hope the question is, yeah, if the um, if the breaking of the law is egregious yeah. enough. Right. And it's not petty shit. Right. Because basically, like, just like making a broad statement like that just isn't good. Like, pr pr you should be asking prosecuting what? Not just prosecute. Right, it's all like you know, someone stole some lip balm. What you gonna do? Throw the book at them? Like, come on, like exactly. so. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, like, to get an idea of where people's heads are at, like what they expect from the justice system, what they expect from a prosecutor, and what a left-leaning prosecutor would do, being more compassionate, and versus like right-leaning ones that are just like, you did a bad thing, try to get the max years, max years. Yeah. You, right compact what's a compassion bail yeah i mean meek, meek like, mill went through the philadelphia system mm -hmm. you know, we saw what happened with him with the continued uh probation for something mm -hmm. um just kind of kept carrying on and carrying on and carrying on throughout his life yep. yeah because like we said 
you do a bad thing, you get arrested, you do your time, and then you get fucked for the rest of your life. So for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, that should be the name of the episode. <laughs> fucked for the rest of your life. <laughs> Sounds better than it is. Uh, Chaz, what's one of the final things you want to leave the listeners with? What have you been working on? What kind of uh, what kind of progress can they make in the world? Uh, we're at the end of the the line here. Um, yeah, just to bring it up again because, like, well, my two things right now is we always got to think about. I I think the the more time we waste not getting rid of the filibuster, and now we have like Catherine Cinema and um Joe Manchin being like, nah, we good, fam. And I, we need a way for them to be like, nah, we good on having this still, my G. Because really, like, yeah, I know the double-edged sword of it, right? But, like, just like Larry Krasner is going to be like, bram, 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 right? Like, I need Joe Biden, right? I need, you know, the squad. I need everyone else to just be like, bram, 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 like everything that we have going on from climate change to policing, right? To voting rights to, like, just, like, shit, is so foobard in this country, right? When it comes to, like, all aspects of civil liberties, right? And it leans so far conservative and it makes it so inhuman and so dehumanizing, right? And and then we got all the trans bills and shit coming out. Like, like so, like, if you, if you know somebody who is on the left, like a liberal, a leftist, or whatever, or even a centrist, that you can just get to call Joe Manchin and be like, motherfucker, like, let me tell you about all this fucked up shit going on in our country that y'all can help fix, y'all can help mitigate, but the only thing you need to do is get rid of that goddamn filibuster and then just start passing shit, right? Yeah. Catherine Cinema. Like, you voted no on that Joan girl? $15 an hour? I mean, and you don't want the filibuster? And you, why you think your poll's so low? They could go up higher if you do one thing. Well, two things. One, get rid of the filibuster. And two, pass some shit. So, exactly. I don't Let's know. You do something, Congress. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Right. So if you well, know somebody from Arizona, you know someone from West Virginia, tell them to be up the ass in every way they can and until they break the filibuster. Because I feel like that's the only way we're going to get it is if, the, if their constituents are like, you bugging, motherfucker. Do this shit, please. Exactly. Yeah. Scare them with the con- uh, constituents. That's that's the way we get it done. You know, we need to make them know. I mean, the the worst case scenario is those places turn red. <laughs> you know, like we've got this kind mm-hmm. of thin lead. We need to we need to stand up, stand up for the blue. If you're going to if you're going to wear it and uh, and let's uh, let's get some stuff done with this thin majority, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, you guys, we, we went on a roller coaster ride for 103. Uh, a lot of things. If uh, if anything sparked your interest, you can hit us up on the Gmail at hylbox at gmail.com. That's the show's email. That's hylbox at gmail.com. Uh, get at us if there's a topic you want to hear about or something you're doing in your local area or a way we inspired any type of action or something we can do in the Seattle area. If you're a local, uh, let us know. We're always uh, ear to the street around here. Uh, you can get at me directly at C-Town Mayor, S-E-A-T-O-W-N-M-A-Y-O-R. I tweet about once a month. Uh, you can get at my boy, Chaz. How do they get at you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on the Instagrams and TikTok. I mean, Twitter be bugging. I don't tweet at all, and I don't think I'm going to be tweeting anytime soon anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, of course, you can do Chaz uh, Baz on either TikTok 
or the Instagrams, one Z in the chest, two Zs in the bass. Make sure you put an underscore in the middle of those two. And then, yeah, that's about it. That's it. Uh, you guys, uh, it's been fun. Chaz, it's been a blast. Glad we got back behind the mics. Uh, hope to see you soon. Vaccinated. I know I know. You, it's hard to convince you that it's a good thing, but you should get vaccinated. We need to stop fucking out of here with this. Ain't no anti-vaxxer. Man. It's just like, <laughs> niggas is booked. All right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we, well, we'll do this in person when you get around. Uh, Chad's. It's been a blast, man. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see you after the show. All right, catch you later. All right, peace. We are. And I might lead a series, come back like I'm rhyming, get it now, right now. My only two options, so why would I stop? I am unstoppable. Hold up, why would I stop? Bitch, this shit unstoppable. Chill, I don't jump, I dive in it. Hold up, hold up, hold up. This the reason I'm alive. The DJ gon' drop it.